Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today is Chris Rosini, our co-host. Chris, welcome to the program. Great to be with you, Dr. Paul. Good. And as usual, we try to talk about financial things and uh, monetary affairs and the Federal Reserve on, on Fridays. And this is a pretty good day because there were a lot of excitement uh, this week. I saw a bunch of announcements and the market's up and down and, and they're still trying to figure out what's going on. It was so important this week that even the president had to give a, give a speech about it. So he got to, gave a speech to clarify things for us so that we could, we, we could understand what's going on. Because, you know, it wasn't too long ago, he, he was telling us there's, there's coming inflation's already started. Don't sweat it, it's transitory. It's gonna come and go. It's sort of like when you have a hurricane, the prices go up and they call that inflation. The prices go up for the reason that there's a hurricane and it becomes uh, targeted uh, shortages. But that, that isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about monetary affairs. But Biden wanted us to believe it was sort of closer to what happens when prices go up, uh, when there's a storm that comes in or a winter storm or electricity goes off. But those are events. But that's not uh, the inflation we're talking about, because the inflation we're talking about is a monetary affair. And it's, uh, it's something that is preventable. Uh, it's something that is very addicting and something that gets out of control ever since they invented fiat money, which has been from the beginning of time, even in the early centuries when they used gold, there were always people trying to find a substitute and cheat some people. But basically, gold and silver lasted for a long time. And the inflation that we deal with because it involves our country is the uh, inflationary forces behind the devaluation and the destruction of the value of the dollar. And that's been going on since they created the Federal Reserve. And that was their purpose, is to manipulate the value of the dollar for the benefit of you know, bankers and big business and, and people who like budget deficits. And they, they were able to come up with, uh, with this. And the Federal Reserve has existed and they've done their job pretty well. They have really wrecked the economy. They have caused the prices to go up, go up over this century. We've had wage and price controls several times. We uh, artificially finance things that shouldn't have been financed, sometimes very unnecessary wars. And uh, also to, uh, to, to finance deficits that were run up for the, the welfare state and the military industrial complex. So there's always a conspiracy there. But this conspiracy is a true conspiracy. Mm -hmm. It's the dishonest conspiracies that uh, we don't like. But no, there, it's very clear what has been going on. So what Biden had to say was of an interest to me. And the headline in Zero Hedge says, Biden addresses soaring inflation. Huh? I, I, I agree with that headline. And Biden blames the pandemic. But he lies about wages, how he's going to solve the problem of, of wages, even though there's supposedly a lot of jobs and labor markets are just great. But the one inevitable fact that happens under these circumstances is that the wage earn of the working class, the poor and the middle class, has to, they have to pay the bills. And that's what we're witnessing. That's why people are so unhappy. But he would like to blame the pandemic and the pandemic did have something to do with it, but it's not like blaming the hurricane that comes in 
and you have disruption and it goes away. Uh, the, the pandemic participates in it because they, uh, you, you know, at the very beginning, even before Biden became president, they said spend more money. And it wasn't it wasn't just the routine bailout of a weak economy. <laughs> it was huge. Trillions and trillions of dollars. The deficit skyrocketing and money supply skyrocketing like never before. And uh, so it is it is not transitory. And Chris, you've heard me predict and assume that this is going to last a long time. I uh, I have vivid memories of what went on in the 1970s from the day uh, the Bretton Woods ended to the day because that's when they put on wage and price controls and all kinds of economic controls. And uh, we have a lot of that, but it can get worse as far as the controls go, because uh, even though they control a lot of wage, wages and prices uh, in, in different areas, uh, I still fear the fact that the sequence has generally been this inflation of prices, the price inflation gets out of hand. So the people want something to be done. We don't have enough money. So they pass out more money and uh, then they put on, we'll give you more money and we'll control prices. And that is a disaster. Chris, I think one of the most important things our viewers uh, probably already know, but they should absorb and realize it. This is not a new story. What I just said, this has happened many, many times over, but the conditions are different. And most of the time they get worse. So uh, the uh, uh, dot-com bubble in 2000 and the, bu- and the housing bubble in 2008, uh, they, they, it just keeps getting worse. QE hasn't solved the problem and it's, it's going, going to continue. But there's never been a time where the politicians, the managers of the money, uh, the fiat currency, people could take a situation like this and do it gradually and smartly and uh, then, then they would be able to take care of self and I don't know where they got the terminology we want a soft landing evidently they think you know we're up there flying gracefully no we're up there with runaway prices increases and runaway big government spending so uh, no I this isn't going to be any better matter of fact there's every bit of evidence to show that this correction is going to be historic in the sense it'll be worse than that we saw in the 70s the 80s and 10 years ago and all the things that we've had to do with the manipulation of money it's coming to an end just like we've been saying and uh, looking at what's happening in canada it's coming to an end the Mm. people have had too much the market has had too much of this manipulation and the people who know what's happening also are having too much of this, and hopefully we can wake people up and have them start thinking about personal liberty and sound money. Chris. Exactly, Dr. Paul. And, you know, the glaring uh, thing that I'm, I'm happy to see that a lot of people notice it is that the Fed, Biden, Congress, like we say in our title, they do not know what they are doing. Uh, I... I um, I have a headline from Reuters, February 1st, that was 10 days ago. It says, Fed's Bullard does not think a half-point rate hike really helps us. Then, nine days later, yesterday, Fed's Bullard calls for a big hike in interest rates. I mean, a totally uh, opposite position in just nine days. And immediately, I thought of Fauci, which is like the medical expert. We're talking about financial experts. So the medical expert Fauci, remember him? Masks don't work. Uh, yeah, then go ahead and wear a mask. 
wear two masks. And then he went with the one shot, two shot, three shot. Now he's up to four this week. They obviously, these experts don't know what they're doing. And it's not that they don't and we would um, or that they're not qualified. I'm sure they're very credentialed, went to all the right schools. They're bankers. They know their business. Uh, I'm sure they're very smart. But absolutely no one on this earth can do what they try to do. And that's fix interest rates, which are prices, price fixing, and counterfeiting money, which is should be illegal. And it is illegal for everyone besides them. So no one should be able to do this, but they are doing it. And ultimately, the market, like Dr. Paul says, is going to prevail. The only question is, when are they going to throw in the towel? How much pain has to happen? Unfortunately, you know, if we look at what happened with COVID, they're willing to inflict a lot of pain. How much pain until they throw the towel and market prevails and we ultimately go back to sound money? I want to talk a little bit about national debt, debt, the government spending, and its relationship to inflation. Uh, the connection is often mentioned, but casual, casually and carelessly. Oh, oh, they're spending too much money, so therefore there is inflation, but they don't explain what's happening. But when the money is spent, uh, which they don't have, uh, they, uh, it's an emergency, so they have to print the money. And so that is the inflation. The, the inflation there is uh, very significant, and that goes up. And then uh, that, uh, th that leads to huge deficits and huge price inflation. And I want to show, show a chart here in a minute. But in, in uh, the first trillion dollars worth of debt that uh, this country built up, it, it didn't happen until Ronald Reagan was in office in, in 1981. That doesn't mean Ronald Reagan caused it all, but he didn't stop it either. You know, even during Reagan era's spending went up, which means that what we're talking about is very bipartisan. It's very much controlled by the influence of the deep state on politicians per se, whether they're in the Congress or whether they're at the Federal Reserve or whether they're in the Senate or whatever. There's a lot of control through the money supply. You know, by um, so there was the first trillion dollars of debt, and that was 2000, uh, and that was in, in, uh, in 1981. Now, in the year 2000, the debt had crept up to uh, a, little, a little boost there, 5.8 trillion. So they're getting warmed up for that. In 2008, when we had another correction, another bailout, uh, and the introduction of QE, and we had the housing bubble, uh, this is a time where tinkering just didn't work. It's worked to a degree over the years uh, because there were controls and they felt uh, important to try to stop it so they'd raise interest rates and they tinkered and they got away with this. But in 2008, it quit working. That's when they introduced this notion of QE, massive purchase of long-term debt, you know, mortgage debt as well as, as government debt. But, uh, you know, now uh, that was in 2000. 2008, it was $10 trillion, $10 trillion of debt, but in, uh, in the last uh, year, it has jumped up to $30 trillion. It is just out of control totally, and there is no way they're going to cut spending. It's just not going to happen. Because let's say even if they, if they froze the budget, which they won't, uh, what would they do with all that debt they have now? Interest rates are going up, and whether they 
orchestrated or what, the market will drive interest rates up. The market works in credit cards, and I understand credit card debt is up a little bit, you know, it, and, that, and so the government's on a credit card, so eventually that will go up. So, uh, and then, then, of course, people don't talk about it too much, but then they have these unfunded liabilities, and they're uh, way over $100 trillion. That's Social Security, all the thing. If that were a business, if, uh, if we dealt with it as a business, that would be debt. It would be an obligation. But the obligation here will be fulfilled, and they can't tax anybody anymore, and everybody's going to get paid with fiat money that's losing its value, and that is where the problem is, and that is where the concern is, and the people are getting angry and upset, and as if they continue to believe it's not enough money coming from the government and demanding more money handings out or more control on wages and prices, exactly what uh, Biden's talking about, believe me, there's gonna be a lot of chaos, but because it won't, it's given them the wrong medicine, the wrong diagnosis, and things would be, uh, uh, be, be much worse. But what has happened with that debt increase? What has happened, uh, you know, to the money supply? Well, in 2008, the money supply was uh, 7.7 trillion dollars. Today, it's up to 21 trillion dollars. In the last three years, it's gone up 6.7 trillion dollars in three years. And we have a chart up there now that you can see that line is going over there. And all of a sudden, look at what happened. The line is going straight up. And uh, that, that represents all the spending and all the debt that we have. And uh, those kind of lines don't reverse gradually and go down. The gradual increase is very seductive. That's what makes politicians, you know, uh, excited. Oh, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. And everybody likes the dollar and, and they still use the dollar. Matter of fact, even right now. But the truth is, uh, the dollar is... Uh, that uh, is, is showing signs that our problems are very, very serious. I've been asked many, many times over the years, yes, you talk about too much debt, too much spending, inflation, the danger to the dollar, and it doesn't seem so bad, you know. Uh, uh, not, not, it wasn't bad enough to have wage and price controls, but and I said, well, and they want to know, when does it look like it's going to happen? When prices go up at the marketplace, because that's something they can't rig. They'll try, and I still think they'll come along with wage and price controls, but that, that won't work. But right now, uh, this situation is sending a strong message and saying that the dollar is a lot weaker. So the dollar is being devalued, maybe not against... Uh, all the international currencies, which they are to some degree, but that's less important than the purchasing power of the dollar by the average American family. And believe me, there's not many families that uh, exist now that aren't aware of prices going up. All you have to talk about is food, medical care, and, uh, and uh, gasoline. And uh, that means the dollar's going down, the prices are going up, standard of living is going down, up, and the blame is again just like on COVID. They blame freedom, and they said, "What we need is more Marxism to solve our problem." Mm-hmm. So they introduced the Marxist movement. Hopefully, it's fading now in in the, in the uh, de- dealing with COVID. But uh, they will do it. Th- those seeds have been planted in the economy already. But there is now a conclusion with COVID, and people are backing off. 
someday there will be a conclusion. We will have a chance, just as the founders had a chance to decide what type of country we would have. And fortunately, for a period of time, we certainly benefited by their wise choices in the Constitution. Chris. Right, Dr. Paul. And in that Constitution, we can see why they stated that only gold and silver are, are the money. And it, it's unconstitutional to have like what you showed with that chart, just a counterfeiter that is going uh, ballistic in the de, uh, debasing the money and it's pushing up prices. And as I mentioned earlier, Bullard now says, uh, you know, we have to raise rates uh, 50, uh, 50 uh, basis points. And, and today in the press, we say, oh, he's getting a lot of pushback. It was such a careless statement for him to say that. Well, the pushback is just coming from other people who have no idea. So Bullard says, let's manipulate the market this way. And his opposition says, no, that's wrong. We need to manipulate the market this way. They are all wrong. Now, you know, they're fighting amongst themselves, and they're all wrong. Uh, no one should be manipulating the market. The market needs to be free to tell us the truth. The market should not lie to us. It should tell us about supply and demand. It should tell us this is what people want, this is what people do not want. Profits and losses, these are signals that are supposed to accurately tell us so that we know how to invest, what to buy, what not to create. But we live in a market of lies. The market lies to us constantly because it's manipulated by the Federal Reserve, by the government. And that's why, as Dr. Paul said, we have these crazy booms and busts. You know, this is not a natural thing. These are created by all this money printing, and then they finally stop and the whole thing falls apart. So we need to get off this roller coaster. We have to stop debating how to manipulate the market and the Federal Reserve. And nobody should ever be allowed to do what they're doing uh, to counterfeit money. It does nothing but cause us harm. Very good, Chris. And I, I want to uh, talk a little bit about a policy that was designed, you know, a few years back. Uh, really, this uh, roller coaster thing, uh, I, I think it really became apparent in two, 2008. But even before that, uh, there was this concern that things were getting out of control. But still not yet. It was in, uh, in 2012, which is interesting. This this was a policy that was uh, designed by Bernanke, and I thought it was the weirdest thing in the world because it made no sense. But none of this monetary stuff makes any sense that you just take it out of the air, send it to the people, and the people are happy, and everything will be perfect. You know, it's a panacea. But anyway, uh, in 2012, Bernanke started the policy of, you know, things aren't quite right. You know, the debt is building, and I'm sure in his mind, he knew that if you devalue the currency and the currency has less value, real debt goes down. So if you have inflation at 50%, real debt goes down 50%. You're paying off with cheap money. We've heard it for years and years. This is a good time to borrow. You know, get a mortgage for 1%, 2%, and pay it back over 30 years. And, you know, this is, they, they, they pay it back with cheap money. Governments do that too because they will not default. They're not going to miss sending out checks. They're going to honor their commitments in that they're going to send you something, whether it's uh, to pay for their treasury bills and the treasury borrowing or whether it's social security. Check. They're always going to send the check. What they won't be able to guarantee is send you its value that was intended or the kind of value they, they took from it. But uh, they, they wanted to set this, uh, this rate at, uh, at, at 2%. The goal was 
to have prices go up at 2%. You know, well, that's not too bad. I'd be happy with, with, with 2%. That's what I was wondering here recently. Uh, where did that 2% go? It came, it came and went. It's gone. And I, I, always, I always would make the statement, if the, when the 2% comes, it won't take long and it's going to be a lot more. And it would never be even made the news. You know, we made 2% victory. Everything is okay. The next thing we knew, the next news, the next time they talked about it after the 2% was sort of uh, soared by uh, was uh, when it hit 7%. And now they say, they say it's 7% or 8 but it's, it's always worse than they say. And, uh, but it, it's a policy. And it's a moral issue because what they're saying, if... If you said, should we pass a law, let's say you have sound money and, and people, middle class, everybody are saving money and they have their bank account in there. And somebody passes a law and says, well, prices are stable and everything, but we need a little bit more money and, and, we, and we don't like, uh, we, we don't like uh, to, uh, uh, you know, just tax people. So we're going to take 2% of the value of all the deposits and all the money and use it. And that is print money at that sort of rate to, so there would be a devaluation and nobody would feel the pain. In a way, that is what happened. Nobody, nobody complained about 2% because most people were convinced, well, keep the system going, whatever you need to do. 2% is not so bad. But that's the, uh, that's the initial infection that they got. And now we have a roaring infection of, the, uh, of inflation. But the 2% is a lot more right now. And like I said before, they're going to continue to tinkle, to tender around, you know, tinker around it. But they cannot and will not be able to have a soft landing. It's never been done because there's so much lying and deception. And that's, that is the problem that we live in an age of lying and deception when you think of the Justice Department and the FBI and these arguments over Russia, Gate and COVID. Think how many lies were told about COVID. And you know, uh, uh, you, the, the, it's all done for the benefit of a narrow group. It might be done for the, the benefit of the, of the military industrial complex. It might be done for the medical industrial complex or the central planners or the people who want to have Marxism come to this country. So if, if it's chaos they're looking for and they want to use the advantage like they had or made the effort on COVID for, co uh, for Marxism to take over, hopefully they fail at that, is now they're going to have this economic turmoil, which is going to be really tough, and there's going to be class struggles because the middle class and the poor will suffer much more. Why they let them get away with this is because of the educational system. If they understood that every time the government spends money, uh, it, it is as tax on the average person because it's the middle class and the poor that suffers from the uh, price inflation, the cost of living increase, very clear cut. If, if you're a billionaire, do you think you care about the price of bread or gasoline? You know, then no, that, that's irrelevant. And uh, they're, they're in charge anyway. And as long as they can get their money for uh, the military industrial complex and the other special interests, they, they really don't care. But this class struggle, this fight is so serious because there's going to be a lot of unhappy people. And right now, you take a president like uh, we have now and just driving th this whole wedge in there. And uh, you say, well, if some people say, well, uh, you know, Biden is horrible and you, you don't think you, you don't support his viewpoints. Don't you think we Republicans need to be in there? 
Uh, I said, well, it might help a little bit. But I tell you what, if you look at what I was talking about on the deficits and on the spending, on the, uh, the involvement, the regulations and all, believe me, uh, it's sometimes hard to say it's all Biden's fault. I mean, Biden, Biden is not, not doing us any good. That is for sure. But let, let me tell you, he, didn't, he's, he wasn't that, that capable of in less than, you know, in one year, he's been there one year, to be able to do all this damage you know, have COVID popped up and have all this planning on all the lockdowns are coming and what to do with the deficits and do. Now, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a conspirator. He's part of it. He's not going to turn it around. But believe me, this is bipartisan. It's philosophic. And if we ever really want to tackle this, it has to be at the ideological level. It has to be in our universities. And we don't have a set of economists in the universities to really turn it around. So it has to be the study of economics and the understanding about the immorality of the financial system and the monetary system. And then I believe we could move right along to the goals of achieving peace and prosperity for the maximum number of people. Excellent, Dr. Paul. I will finish up um, by saying for those of, uh, who watch us every day, and thank you if you do that, you know, there is a big picture that you can put together if you take all the shows and, uh, you know, think about all of them uh, as a big picture. You have the so-called medical experts at the CDC, and we cover that, and they've messed everything up. On Fridays, we cover the so-called financial experts at the Fed, and they have messed everything up. At the same time, you have foreign policy experts, and Daniel is excellent on that with Dr. Paul during the week, who ever since World War II have given us endless wars uh, you know, that have bankrupted this country, and now they, these experts, are pushing for another war with a major nuclear power over some border that, uh, you know, most of us could never even point on a map if we wanted to. You know, there's a common thread to all this. And that's at the beginning of the, uh, of the 1900s, Americans explicitly and implicitly gave up their freedom. Government was going to manage every aspect of life. It was a new deal. And it was a raw deal for all of us, obviously, now, because we were now paying for it. And all of these experts from medical, financial, foreign policy, it's like they're in a speeding car and they see a cliff and they just hit the gas harder once they see that cliff. You know, with the vaccines, it was keep giving more, more, more. The Fed is the same thing. Keep printing more trillions, more trillions. The government debt, more trillions, 30 trillion they're up to. Uh, with the war, it doesn't matter. They just lost Afghanistan, Iraq. It doesn't matter. They want another one. They constantly are just hitting the gas. And the thing is, if they want to take themselves over this cliff, by all means, the problem is they're taking all of us with them. And that is a big problem. And we need out of this deal. And, you know, the Canadians are showing what it's like. They want out. And they're telling them absolutely no passports. Get rid of all of it. And that is how you get your freedom back. We need our freedom back. It's a new philosophy we need. This whole thing of we're just going to sit and be consumers and have all these experts ruin the world is a raw deal. We need out of it. And we need our freedom back. Wonderful, Chris. Perfect statement. 
I want to just reference the chart that I put up a little earlier because that chart says so much in there. You know, the curve goes up slowly, increasing the money supply. It's a money supply. It's a M2. They don't. Re they say they don't report M2 anymore. They used to have an M3. They quit reporting that. They don't want to give too much information out. But it's a reliable statistic on what's happening in the money supply. In the end of that curve, I mean, that money supply is going like this. I, I bet this has never even come close ever this way. Even during World War II, it was nothing like like that. And and they the interest the, they talk a lot about interest rate up and down and how much to do they agitate day in and day out and all the, what they're doing there is just uh, uh, you know pretending that they're going to achieve something by the manipulation of uh, of interest rate but the policy right now is saying well we're going to man manipulate the interest rates especially in the short term. But uh, and, and they don't talk about the money supply. But they keep pulling the Q3, QE3. They they QE. They're continuing to do that. So they talk about interest rates and they're going to control it. At the same time, they're uh, increasing uh, the money supply. That is schizophrenic. I mean, even if they weren't doing that together because they're opposites, uh, it, it wouldn't make any sense. But it's just so silly what they do. Just it's a uh, every bit as silly as a two percent in inflation rate. But uh, this the, the other the other thing that people have to take into consideration is uh, people say, well, if you increase the money supply by twenty percent, prices go up twenty percent. Uh, gold goes up 20%, commodities up 20%, no big deal. The truth is, if that's what happened, that would be. But that's not the way it works. There's a subjective element in the way people spend their money. The government can print the money and pass it out and tell them what to do, but they don't always do that. They make different choices. So some things go up and some things go down. Uh, so this whole idea that they can calculate this makes no sense whatsoever. But it should be opposed for moral reason because it is counterfeiting the money. And that's the issue that the founders dealt with and felt that it was, they thought it was a capital crime uh, to, uh, to counterfeit the government money. So, so anyway, I think the answers are out there. People are understanding it better than ever. I think the Austrian Free Market School of Economics is is growing in numbers thanks to Lou Rockwell and the Mises Institute. So the material is there, and it's it's a rocky place out there on the uh, web web pages and the internet. But the information is there. We still make use of it. Hopefully, you're seeing this program on the internet. So no, it's still there, and I don't think they're going to be able to close it down. So it may turn into a modern day pamphleteering because there are still a lot of regulations and. And certainly during COVID, people got punished for not saying the, the appropriate things that the government approved. But anyway, we know what the proper uh, philosophy would be and the proper economic uh, issues that would go along with the principles of liberty. And we had a good start with the Constitution, but we've drifted a long way. But there's nothing that says that we can't revive and build on the remnant, and maybe there will be a lot more breaking out of an expression for liberty as we have been witnessing in Canada. So that is, uh, that is the goal, and there's a lot more there. There's always somebody out there that's going to know, no matter what they do, they will hang on to the truth. And right now, that's the biggest problem, is for sure. It's very difficult to find the truth coming from our government. We would like to change that. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.